Hi, friends. Good morning, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. Um, so I'm going to uh, share a little something based off of uh, the Gospel of Luke. And um, how many of you guys have thought about the fact that these uh, shepherds were had some uh, kind of unclean lives, possibly not unclean morally, but they, they lived in some dirty places. And so Luke um, talked to these people. It says that Luke um, gathered the stories from the eyewitnesses. And so this is a perspective from one of the eyewitnesses. And maybe this, maybe it went down like this. When Luke and I sat sipping tea together, I told him about many nights on the hillsides of Bethlehem, not just that one night. I told him of the many nights I sat by a dying fire warmed by a young lamb and my father's recitation of the 23rd Psalm. My father would tell me to look up at the stars, and I always did. He would say, sit up, my son, and I always would. He would say, look, and I would say, I am, father. No, look to the north. And he would point to the great city flickering in the night. On those nights, we could see that city on a hill, the city of our great king, which was currently owned by puppets and Romans. But that never stopped my father from seeing who the city really belonged to. And to this day, I still wonder if the angels came to us on that night because of the prayers of my father. My father taught me to honor Shabbat even if we were welcoming it in in the fields. He taught me that we are a people of the moon and the stars made to reflect the light of the sun in a dark world. Even back then, he knew our calling to be a light to the nations. My father loved the poems of his people, and though we cared for sheep, he knew that the sacrificial system was a window into something more. I have no idea how he knew this, but he knew that even though we watched over the sheep of the high priest, and even though Passover was our busiest time of the year, it was still symbolic of deeper realities. Our very lives were meant to shine like the moon in a dark and wayward world. He told me as a young boy that, Quote, sacrifice and burnt offering he did not desire, but a broken and a contrite heart, O God, these you will not despise. By the time I was 15, I had heard Psalm 23 more times than you guys can imagine. He loved to chant the Psalms, and he loved to pray out loud. He told me to use the loneliness of these hillsides to find the God of our fathers. He said, that's what young David did. You get to walk the land, my son. You get to care for the sheep that will atone for the sins of our people. You get to protect those very animals who shed blood will be a soothing aroma before our God and our King. I know we feel excluded at times from the synagogue and the temple, and I know we bear the stench of these animals, but they're important. He would pet them and hold them as only he could. And at times he could even beat the roaming ones, but my father was a kind man. He did it for their safety. He was much kinder than I am. The Lord is our shepherd too, my son. This is our avodah. He wants to teach you through the very work you do. He never disdained that we smelled of the land and the fires that we sat beside and the sheep we cared for. I never understood my father back then, but I miss working beside him now. These are the memories Luke brought out of me that day we sat and sipped tea together. 
I never met a Gentile I liked more than Luke. He clearly loved our people. His questions made me feel honored and they helped me understand my place in this story. He would sit and listen to this poor shepherd speak about the night of the heavenly angels and he marveled. He told me that the shepherds that were present that night were passing from the earth and that I was one of the last of them. He said it was important that I tell him everything so he could include it in his account of Yeshua's life. I hoped Luke didn't just want to hear about the glory of that one night, though, because, yes, I had seen Yeshua the baby, the firstborn son of Miriam and Joseph, but I had also seen Yeshua the man. I told him that, too. I heard him teach. I was much older then, but so was Yeshua. The infant had become a man. I'd heard of John the Immerser and gone to be baptized by him, and he was riveting. But even he said he wasn't the Messiah. Oh, my people, always looking for the one. Some of us still are. Nobody can ever live up to our expectations. Sometimes I think our expectations have kept us alive, and sometimes I think they're killing us. But the one has come. Blessed be his name. And it was approximately 30 years later and countless crucifixions had dotted our byways and seared our imaginations. Some people can't understand this, but it was easy to lose sight of the glory of that one beautiful night. But John brought it all back to me. He raised up the valleys of my mind and leveled the mountains of my unforgiveness and all came into focus beside the Jordan. As a shepherd, I'll never forget his booming voice yell, Behold! The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I told Luke, I understand sheep. I understand their necessity when it comes to the atonement of our people. I even understand Passover or so I thought. I make my living off of one-year-old rams. And I've lived most of my life with these animals. So when John called Yeshua God's spotless sacrificial lamb, I was bewildered. What could this even mean? Isaiah 53 hadn't been unveiled to us in the way we understand it now. Our prophets have always accused and confused us as a people. We love our prophets, sometimes especially after they are dead. So as I watched John baptize this man, I simultaneously recalled that night in that cave, the kings from the east and the spotlight of the night. It was all so remarkable, too remarkable almost. It had all happened so fast, and yet normal always comes back. I went back to work and treasured these things in my heart. I have a family, you know. I've raised my own sons to pray the Psalms and taught them to welcome Shabbat and pray over the land. We recited the Shema and put the blood of many spotless lambs on the doorposts of our home. The last time I heard Yeshua speak, we were sitting by the Sea of Galilee. Thousands of us sat in a cove, and his voice bounced off the waters as his boat bobbed right offside the shore. All came together around his voice, just as it had around John's. I couldn't see a lamb when I listened to him. All I could see was a king, his confidence, his hands. One of my sons had broken his leg, and Yeshua healed him that evening. I even saw him up close. I loved him like we all did. There was no one like him, and yet I went back to my normal life. I was utterly confused about the reports I heard about his death and his resurrection. 
and yet here I am. I'm a part of this story, a part of this movement, a simple shepherd who still walks the hillsides outside of the great city and teaches his sons to pray these psalms. You never know when God might show up. You wait for it and you live your life. We wait for his return. But I must tell you, it never comes the way you think it might, and it doesn't show up to those you think it will. It is and it isn't about the God of the past. It's about the God who did these wonderful things in the past, wanting to do them in our present. I told Luke this, and he couldn't agree more. Living off the stories of the past is like trying to eat day-old manna. It crumbles and it festers. We need the God of the past to be the God of our present. And Luke told me he was also writing a sequel to his account of Yeshua's life. And he told me that might be the whole point. Amen.